So, Thanksgiving, um, Black Friday, it's come and gone, right? Some of you are, you know, it's like a busy time, and now they're having, you know, you can go out on, on I don't know what they call it, Black Thursday. Uh, not, it hasn't quite hit us yet, but it probably will, because that's the way everything's going. So, it's kind of busy, kind of insane, right? And, uh, but now it's passed, so I want, you know, just stop and take a moment here today. Go ahead and take a deep breath, everybody. See, it feels good. Take a deep breath. Um, you know, <clears throat> what, I, what I titled uh, today's message is Stop and Say Thank You. And I think that's, that's what, you know, I'm thinking about the whole thing. That's what, uh, what my uh, thought is. To s- sometimes you need to stop whatever you're doing, and say thank you. But a couple of uh, interesting facts. 254 million turkeys raised in the U.S. this year. And I'm not talking about people. 768 million pounds or pints of cranberries. 2.7 billion pounds of sweet potatoes. And I don't even like sweet potatoes. One... (laughs) 1.1 billion pounds of pumpkins. Now, one thing I want to clear up, and I read this, and and some of you maybe can do a little more research about this, is that you can't really blame the turkey for that drowsiness that you feel. They actually call it a food coma. It's not really the turkey's fault. Although we've been blaming it on the poor turkey for years. But to stop and say thank you. In Deuteronomy, it says this, that when you have eaten... And are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And then the next verse says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. And he talks there about, you know, we get, you know, we, we can be kind of like get this pride thing happening where we got everything we need and we just, you know, we're just carrying on. But we don't stop to think that God has blessed us and that he's given to us. So here it's kind of like when after you've eaten... And after you're satisfied, you know, we think we need to be thankful before. Well, we should, but, but what about after? When we've had so much, we've been given so much. Um, I think one of the most famous presidents, obviously, Abraham Lincoln, and, and uh, he, he's written some very interesting things, but there, I want to quote a few things from him today, but in March of, of 1863, he actually proclaimed a national fast day. Later that year, he he proclaimed uh, Thanksgiving Day. But most of us don't really know, and I I wasn't really aware of this, that earlier in that year, he proclaimed this fast day. And these are some of the words that he said. He said, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. He goes on to say it behooves us to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our national sins and and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. This is Abraham Lincoln. Can you imagine 
now? A president making a day like this today? Some 100 and, uh, what, 40, 50 years later? He says, we have been blessed, but we have forgotten God. Just what the writer to Deuteronomy says there. When you've eaten and satisfied, praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he's given you. I read this about someone who had a son who was five years old, and he prayed this during the family devotions. He says, he says, Dear Jesus, sorry for the mess we made in the yard today. And then he says, but thank you for the fun we had doing it. Kind of a mixed thing, isn't it? And that's kind of what life is. I, I, I want you to be thinking about this because I want to ask, I'm going to ask you some of the things that you might be thankful for. I made a little list here uh, that some of the things, not all the things, but some of the things that I'm thankful for. But as I was thinking about this list, it's like every one of them has something else attached to it as well. Some kind of problem, some kind of issue, some kind of you know, complication. Every single one that I'm thankful for has some kind of a cost or some kind of something involved in it. We tend to think, you know, unless it's all perfect and good and right, how can we be thankful for it? But we would never be thankful for anything. I'm thankful for my beautiful wife. Maybe I shouldn't go there. <laughs> my incredible children. But they all have, you know, you know what I'm saying here, right? I'm embarrassing myself. My church family... <laughs> <laughs> Even my relationship with Jesus Christ who gave me life. There's a cost of that. You need to pick up your cross, he says, and follow me. Everything that Jesus has done. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. This is the, the main passage that uh, I have for today. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. <clears throat> says there, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border, a border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They couldn't get close because they had leprosy. This is what they were required to do. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They did what he told them to do, and that was part of the Old Testament where they would go and show themselves to the priest to, to uh, determine whether they were healed or not. But it says, as they went, they were cleansed. There was something about faith, something about just doing what God had asked them to do. That's a big thing in our lives, just being obedient to what uh, Jesus would ask us to do. But here, they had a huge need. Huge need. I mean, this had affected their lives in incredible, incredible ways. They couldn't just go and be with people. They had to be apart. They had to be, you know, isolated. And they say to Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
And Jesus, you know, what did he do? He, he did. He had compassion on them. He had love for them. And they were healed. But the story doesn't stop there, does it? In verse 15, it says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten clans? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You kind of see what, uh, where I'm going with this thing here. Ten of them were blessed by Jesus. Ten of them were healed. Ten of them lives were completely changed, turned around forever. And yet, only one of them stopped to turn around and come back and say thank you. Stop. Stop whatever it is that we're doing and stop and say thank you for what God has done in our lives. This, of course, applies to our relationships with people, too, that, that there's so often that we don't even bother to say thank you to the people that are around us for what they've done for us. Psalm 100 says this. He, he says there, Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's part of the way we approach the great and almighty God. I read this from Christianity Today. Um, it was uh, published back in 1978. And it says, that, it says this, this, thank, this thanksgiving, I'm thankful. Listen to some of the things that he's thankful for that there aren't twice as many congressmen and half as many doctors, that grass doesn't grow through snow, necessitating winter mowing as well as shoveling, <laughs> that there are only 24 hours available each day for TV programming, that civil servants aren't less civil. <laughs> I had to think about that one for a minute. Sorry to some of you that might be civil servants. The teenagers ultimately will have, te will have children who will become teenagers. <laughs> that I'm not a turkey. That houses still cost more than cars. That space available on messages for messages on t-shirts and bumpers is limited. <laughs> that women whose husbands take them for granted don't all scream at the same time. Ooh. That hurt. That snow covers the unraked leaves. That hugs and kisses don't add weight or cause cancer. That record players and radios, TV sets, washers, mixers, lights can be turned off. That no one can turn off the moon and the stars. Kind of a modern day thing, but there was a, a, a famous English a preacher and Bible teacher named Matthew Henry, and he wrote these words. He was attacked by thieves and he was robbed. And he wrote these words in his diary. He says, let me be thankful. He had just been robbed. He said, first, that I was never robbed before. 
Second, although they took my purse, his wallet, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. See, kind of finding things. That's why it says in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for us to have a thankful heart, to be thankful for all things, even though they're kind of mixed bags, some of them. Even though there's not, they're not all perfect. Even though it's not you know, all working out the way we'd like it to work out sometimes. But to be just stop and say thank you. Speaking again about uh, Abraham Lincoln. When he was seven years old, his family was forced out of their home. He went to work. When he was nine, his mother died. He lost his job as a store clerk when he was 20. He wanted to go to law school, but he didn't have the money or the education. Age 23, he went into debt to be a partner in a a small store, and three years later, the partner died and caused a huge problem. When he was 28, after courting a girl for four years, he asked her to marry him, and she turned him down. On his third try, he was elected to Congress at age 37, but then he was failed to be reelected. His son died at four years of age. When he was 45, he ran for the Senate and he lost. At age 47, he ran for the vice presidency and he lost. But at age 51, he was elected president of the United States. Interesting, isn't it? He was the guy who came up With this proclamation, let me read to you what he wrote. In October of 1863, you heard what I read, what he wrote in earlier in that year of 1863. He says this, It has seemed to me fit and proper that the gifts of God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. He said, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Is that incredible? Did he have a perfect life? He he had far from a perfect life and yet he said, you know what? We have been blessed and it's right for us to stop. And that's what, that's what he proclaimed, that we would all stop and celebrate and be thankful. Stop and say thank you. The first Thanksgiving, if you will, back in New England, in Plymouth, and the colonists had come. They had come and they, you know the story, they settled in, you know, they they landed at the Plymouth Rock, whether it's the real rock that was there, although I heard someone say that it's so small now because people used to go and and chip off pieces so they could take souvenirs, but I don't know if that's true or not. But anyways, they went to that colony, right, and and the first winter, um, half of them died from the terrible winter. They didn't have food, They they couldn't make it. But in 1621, they had a harvest, and it brought rejoicing. And the governor, William Bradford, he 
decreed that they would have this three-day feast in 1621. And that's kind of like the first Thanksgiving Day celebration back in 1621. And then, you know, it changed as uh, it uh, went along. But on the menu, it was interesting. They, they didn't have any pumpkin pies. They didn't have a lot of sugar. That wasn't really, you know, part of it. They had deer. They had geese, ducks, turkey, corn, fish, lobster, clams, nuts. They did have pumpkins, squashes, carrots, and peas. They had these things, but it was very kind of different than what you and I know today. And then it kind of spread, and George uh, Washington in 1789, he issued a proclamation for a day of thanks and then, as I said about President Lincoln, makes you kind of think about our country, doesn't it? Where are we at today? Thanksgiving is only the precursor to Black Friday and the beginning of the Christmas season, which is shopping and that. And I'm not against shopping. I went out once on Black Friday, I have to confess to you, and I will not do it again. <laughs> Someone wrote this, an ungrateful person is like a hog under a tree eating acorns, but never looking up to see where they came from. How about this? It's a bad moment for an atheist when he feels grateful. Whom does he thank? Stop and give thanks. I want to look at some verses in the Bible because this, this, this theme is like throughout the Bible. And I want, I'm going to start like on the left and work our way to the right. But to give thanks is 34 times found in the Bible. The word thanksgiving 25 times. Thankfulness three times. Just the word thanks, which overlaps with the first one, 81 times. The word thank 34 times. It's a big thing. Stop and be thankful. Let's start in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. So let's go way, way, way back. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And we're going to work our way from the left to the right. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 4. This is something David wrote. Actually, we're not going to read what David wrote, but what David did here in verse 4. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to make petition, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. He actually signed people up, some of these Levites, to go and do these things and to pray and to give thanks and to give praise and give worship. What does that tell us? Stop and give thanks. Do it. Do it like um, intentionally where you say, listen, I should do I have anything to be thankful for? Maybe I need to stop right now and, and say thank you. How about verse 7 down below? It says, that day David first committed to Asaph and his associates this, this psalm of thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. This psalm of thanks. How about Nehemiah? You've got to go ahead now for Nehemiah. Um, let's see. Nehemiah 
Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Um, I'm lost here. Go ahead a few books. Chronicles, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, then Ezra, then Nehemiah. So it's not too far ahead here. Nehemiah chapter 12. They'd rebuilt the wall. They'd been through a lot of different things to get there. They'd rebuilt the wall. And now, at the end of this whole process here in Nehemiah chapter 12 and verse 31, it says, Nehemiah, he says, I had the leaders go up on top of the wall. And I also assigned two large choirs to do what? To give thanks. One was to proceed on the top of the wall to the right, and the other was to go to the left. He actually set up these choirs to specifically give thanks. Let's stop and give thanks. All that they had done, all that they had been through, they had all these attacks, all these setbacks, all these problems, all these trials and troubles. Does that sound like your life, anybody? Yet they stopped and they gave thanks because God would still been good to them. They stopped and said, thank you. How about Psalms? That's ahead a little bit there. Psalm 28. Psalm 28, verse 7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to Him in what? In song. There's something about singing, making it a song. The songbook, the book of Psalms, and we sing so many verses out of the book of Psalms. But he says, I will give thanks to him in song. I want to encourage you to sing. I do that a lot. I want to just encourage you to sing because there's something about it that actually gets in the very, from the very deepest part of us when we let go and just sing unto God a song of thanks. We sang it today. Give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. We're going to jump ahead to the book of Daniel now. Daniel, one of the minor prophets. So that's, that's ahead quite a ways. Uh, the last of, uh, excuse me, last of the major prophets. Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Daniel. Verse, uh, chapter 6. Chapter 6, Daniel. Now, did, did Daniel, does anybody know, did Daniel have a very easy life? Did Daniel have, you know, like it all spread out for him, like everything was smooth, everything was perfect, everything was good? No, not at all. But, but Daniel, look, at, look what he did here, chapter 6 of Daniel, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published... He went home to his upstairs room where the windows were opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed. Doing what? Giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Three times a day he would go. This is intentional. He's thinking about it. 
Three times a day. Of course, did it get him into trouble doing this? Yeah, if you know the rest of the story, he got in trouble because he wasn't trying to hide it. And they came along, and one of the, the, the edict the, uh, that he was disobeying, the decree, was that nobody would worship and bow down to anybody else except the king. And it was a trap, really, for him. But it says three times a day he would stop and he would say, I'm thankful. I've got something to be thankful for to God. He stopped and he prayed. He got down on his knees. He's humbled himself before his God, just as he had done before. How about the book of Acts? Let's go to the New Testament. The book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Chapter 28. Are you kind of seeing a pattern here by any chance? So far we've looked at um, Chronicles. David appointing people. Then Nehemiah making sure that praise was given. David, Psalm 28, Daniel, and now Acts 28, verse 15. says the brothers there, Paul is speaking about Paul. The brothers there had heard that we were coming and they traveled as far as the form of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and he was encouraged. The sight of these men. He, he was waiting for these people, but when he saw them, he thanked God. And, they, and he was encouraged by the sight of these people. There's th- that's, that's kind of on our level. That's kind of you know, what's happening around us in our lives, that we can see something and be thankful to God and be encouraged. Paul the Apostle, he was a person... Who gave thanks. Often Paul would write, and then all of a sudden he would just like start praising God and thanking God in the middle of something that seemed totally uh, unconnected. Let's look at a few of the things that Paul wrote uh, as we finish here. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Romans 1 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's somebody who doesn't believe in God. And that's, that's one of the things here that we see in going the, away from God. They didn't give God thanks. How about 1 Corinthians, next book, chapter 15. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Verse 57. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory in that chapter. He's speaking about death. He gives us the victory over death, the victory over sin. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's move quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 15. All of a sudden. 
Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, his unspeakable gift, this gift, this gift that he's given, of course, in, in Jesus Christ himself. I won't have you turn there, but let me read to you a couple more. He says in Ephesians that we shouldn't be involved in obscenity and foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. We talked about that last time. Philippians, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Colossians chapter 3 will be there in a few weeks. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks. Stop and give thanks. When was the last time you and I just said, listen, I've got to stop and I've got to say thank you? Ralph Waldo Emerson, the poet, he wrote these words, For each new morning with its light, Father, we thank thee. For rest and shelter of the night, Father, we thank Thee. For health and food, for love and friends. For everything Thy goodness sends, Father in heaven, we thank Thee. Stop and say thank you. Stop and say thank you. Thank you to God. Maybe it's to someone else. To be a thankful people, that's, that's what I'm seeing in the Scripture, that God's called us to be thankful people. We saw in Colossians chapter 2 a few weeks back about being people who are overflowing with thankfulness, that it just kind of overflows the banks of the river to be thankful, to stop and say thank you. I'm going to read you my list, and I'm going to ask, maybe you have something on your list that you want to be thankful for today. My list my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who gave me life. My beautiful wife. My incredible children and grandchildren. My wonderful church family who are gracious enough to come here and listen to me. Thank you. My friends. I have a couple. I joke with people, and sometimes they say, yeah, my friend did this. And I said, do you have friends? God's gracious provision for our needs. I'm thankful for a place to live. I'm thankful for a car to drive. I'm thankful for food to eat. I'm thankful for health. And I am thankful for this great country of ours. I'm thankful for God answering prayers, specific answered prayers. How about you? What are you thankful for today? Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus sending your son to die on a cross for our sins that, that we could have hope of eternal life, that, uh, that expectation that you have prepared a way, you have made a place for us in heaven because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on that cross some 2,000 years ago. We, we are so thankful for that, for that unspeakable gift, that incredible gift. And Lord, we, we just stop here today and, and I'm, I'm blessed just by hearing uh, 
people thankful, people's thankful hearts. I'm blessed by that. And you have blessed us. Oh, is, do, is everything we have perfect? And, and No, but you have blessed us. The people in our lives, are they perfect? No, but you've blessed us with them. The friends, the family, the people we work with. Lord, the stuff that we have, is it perfect? No, but you've blessed us. You take care of us, Lord. We do pray for our country, Lord. I've mentioned it a few times. That we pray for our country that we would not be a people that forget you and just go on our merry way. And we uh, are sorry that maybe we have even contributed to that by not being a thankful people. But we pray that our country would be a people that is uh, thankful and that looks to you that you take care of us. God, uh, we pray for our president and we pray for uh, our, our uh, senators and congressmen. We pray for the leaders all in our state. We pray that you would guide each one of them and, and give them wisdom, Lord, that we could live in peace like it says in Timothy. But Father, we pray most of all that, that you would be blessed by us having a thankful heart. We come to you through your son, Jesus Christ, and we give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.